Four separate fires in the Austin area overnight, and authorities say the same thing set them off. State troopers in Austin helping bring down crime are temporarily leaving. We'll tell you why and when they could be back. First warning weather with meteorologist Kristen Curry. Well, good Saturday evening. Most of us woke up to some pretty good rainfall and it's been kind of scattered on and off since then. Still tracking some light scattered showers out in the hill country. A little bit of drizzle in spots over the I-35 corridor in eastward. Most of the heavy rain has kind of been put on pause, but there's a chance it comes back into your Mother's Day and beyond. We'll talk about that in a second, but let me get you out with the, uh, your Saturday evening forecast and it's looking pretty nice, much better than what we had earlier this morning. The Lorenz and Lorenz 360 camera kind of putting on a beautiful show here with that sunset. 72 degrees with the rain and the cloud cover. We didn't get anywhere close to our average today. We're talking 60s and 70s at this hour. I really don't think you'll need a jacket walking out. Our temperatures will pretty much stay in the 70s. We are much cooler than what we had yesterday at this time. But as far as your evening planner goes, you can pretty much uh, I would say bank on the fact that the temperatures aren't going to leave the 70s, but the rain chances will be low. 30 to 40 percent. I'm not super confident that we're going to see a washout of night, but the flood watch will continue until 8 p.m. at the very least. I think there's a good possibility the National Weather Service, who's in charge of issuing these, actually extends this into tomorrow. So what are we looking at here? Well, more scattered rain on the way. This will continue overnight into your Mother's Day and beyond. The updated rainfall potential, we're still looking at an additional one to two inches of rainfall here. So we want to be on the lookout for flooding before we eventually, very slowly, warm up and dry out into next week. So got a lot to tell you. We'll take a look at rainfall total so far, what to plan for for mom tomorrow, and what our temperatures will look like in the days to come in your first morning forecast. Thanks, Kristen. We'll see you in a bit. Thank you. Well, last night's storms caused some fires. The Austin Fire Department says lightning strikes caused fires at four homes overnight. They happened between 3 and 5 a.m. across the area, including Cedar Park and three Austin neighborhoods. This is one of the fires on Rain Lily Lane in South Austin, where AFD says two people were displaced. One person was killed when a tornado touched down in South Texas early this morning. The National Weather Service and Cameron County officials say the EF-1 twister made landfall just after 4 in the morning at Laguna Heights. That's near the border town of Brownsville. A county official says as many as 60 homes are damaged. The preliminary assessment indicates the tornado had wind speeds around 86 to 105 miles per hour. Officials say in addition to the one death, at least 10 others were injured and taken to hospitals. Didn't have the benefit of warning, obviously. Uh, the hour didn't help, uh, middle, of the, middle of the evening, uh, early morning. Um, and uh, unfortunately, like you said, it just literally popped up out of nowhere. Crews are working to restore power to the area and continuing to search for any possible victims that may still be out there. State troopers assigned to help police the city of Austin are leaving town after today. The Texas Department of Public Safety is temporarily halting its partnership with APD because troopers are needed in border cities to help with an influx of migrants after the end of Title 42 health restrictions. Troopers began helping APD in March because of the department's staffing shortage. There are about 300 vacancies right now. According to law enforcement sources, troopers will likely not return to their Austin posts.
for several weeks. Going in depth now, according to APD, since the start of the partnership on March the 30th, there have been significant decreases in violent crime, response times, and calls for service. APD used a data-driven approach to identify hotspots for crime and deployed troopers to those locations. According to police, violent crime dropped 58% in those areas, but not everyone has been happy with the added presence. Some communities with those heavy patrols feel like they're being unfairly targeted with traffic stops. Well, a number of viewers have reached out to us wanting to know what's going on at Dell Children's Adolescent Medicine Clinic after all of the doctors in that clinic are leaving. Ascension Seton released a statement this morning saying the adolescent medical clinic has not closed, but confirms the physicians who previously staffed it will be departing, it says. KXN has asked for clarification on the departure as well as reasons for the change, but we have not heard back just yet. We did speak to one family dealing with the aftermath of the doctors leaving. If you'd like to hear their story and read more on this, head over to KXN.com and click on this story. A bill to ban gender transition-related health care for Texas minors is closer to becoming law. Last night, House members approved the bill during a second reading, but it needs one more vote before it goes to the governor's desk. The bill would revoke the licenses of doctors who provide anyone under 18 years old with treatments like puberty blockers or hormone treatments for transition-related care. It would also withhold public dollars from hospitals that provide such care. Groups on both sides are already gearing up for legal fights in anticipation of the legislation becoming law. I just don't believe any child under 18 years old is fully developed yet. And therefore, I don't think they should be alternating their body. Once they get 18, if that's, their, that's what they want to do, that's their choice. One of the core values of Texas is privacy, right? And I think that they should mind their business and allow parents and families to make these private decisions alone. Who are suffering from... The final vote comes on Monday. We'll keep you posted. A boy saves his sister from being kidnapped. Coming up, the unconventional way he was able to not only scare off the attacker, but later help identify him. An eight-year-old girl was nearly kidnapped out of her own backyard in Michigan earlier this week, but authorities say her older brother saw what was happening and fired rocks at the kidnapper with his slingshot. Josh Kerman has more on the attempted abduction. You know, you wouldn't think in this world that if you were playing in your own backyard or on your own property that you would be concerned about something like this. Um, but it just goes to show um, that, that there's evil out there and, and it can find anybody anywhere. And it did. Wednesday afternoon, police say an eight-year-old girl in a rural area of Alpena Township, just south of the city, was hunting for mushrooms in her backyard when she felt someone grab her. Uh, the suspect had come through the woods onto her property and came from behind her, grabbed her like, like you'd see in the movies, hand over the mouth, arm around the waist, and was attempting to pull her into the woods. Grimshaw says that's when the girl's older brother, just 14 years old, saw something happening outside. He grabbed a slingshot and whatever ammunition he could find and fired two shots. One to the head, another to the chest of the alleged kidnapper, and his sister was able to get away. I mean, he really is the one that, um, that saved, that I believe saved his sister's either life or from something seriously bad happening to her. Um, 
you know, for a 14-year-old to see that and to pop into action that quickly is, is uh, extraordinary, and uh, he should be commended for it. Troopers say they found the suspect, a 17-year-old boy, hiding in a gas station later that day. Uh, I know it'll sound probably somewhat funny the way it comes out, but it's not meant to be that way. But what he did also helped us to identify who the suspect was because obviously he had injuries from getting hit with a slingshot. And those were things that helped us evidentiary-wise to identify who it was. So that was very valuable too. Hey, we saw temperatures in the 70s just after midnight this morning, and then once that rain came in, we were pretty much fighting to get out of the 60s. So the almanac looks a little funny today. It was, in general, a cooler day area wide, but we got what we needed out of that first round of rain picked up over two inches here in Austin, and I do have some more rainfall totals to show you, and you better believe it's going to help with this drought, especially out towards the south and west. I've got a lot more to show you after the break. First warning weather with meteorologist Kristen Curry. Hey, good evening to you. Meteorologist Hank Bannon has the night off, so you guys are stuck with me tonight. But I've got some good news. The rain totals that we have for the last 24 hours look fantastic. Across the entire central Texas region, I didn't see a single rain gauge here at home that didn't have something in it after the rain that we had this morning. So I'll give you a second to find your neighborhood number. Widespread one to three inches. If you want to take a more zoomed in look, I encourage you to go to our website, kxan.com. Underneath the weather tab, you'll see a little button that says rainfall amounts, and you can click there for more of those rain totals. But hey, clouds and radar are still showing a little bit of light rain kind of scattered here and there. Not as heavy or widespread as what moves through overnight, but that's okay. We want these breaks to allow the ground, the soils to soak in all this moisture that's coming at us. If I zoom this out, there's a lot going on across the state, right? Not only are we watching more storms and showers coming off the higher terrain of Mexico, We've got this low spinning slowly over the region that's helping to keep our rain chances in the area for the next several days. So what are we looking at outside this evening? Well, our indeed domain camera looking at a Q2. We've got Austin FC at home tonight. Uh, as far as the conditions go, plan on clouds, plan on maybe a little bit of drizzle here and there. Most of the heavy rain will be uh, put off until at the earliest overnight. At 73 degrees, we're slowly starting to see those temperatures get a little bit further above 70, but I don't think they're going to have much time before it hits sunset, and then our temperatures will drop from the lower 70s down to those upper 60s, low 70s overnight with that cloudy sky up top. And again, a few pockets of light rain possible overnight into tomorrow for the most part. Not going to completely rule out a downpour. I just think most of these showers will be light to medium in intensity. So the flood watch continues until 8 p.m. tonight. Still waiting on if the National Weather Service is going to extend that or not. Once I know, I will tell you guys. You can find those updates on social media. But here's one estimate as to what our future radar could look like. Put this in motion. Couple spots, sh uh, showers or storms. Thunderstorm risk pretty low here, so I'm not super concerned. But as far as your Mother's Day goes, we start with some showers and thunderstorms, and you'll notice this kind of fills in on and off through the day on Sunday. Tomorrow's going to look very similar to what we had today, where there's a little bit of rain at times, not a big severe risk, but we'll have to be watching the skies closely because some of those showers could be a little intense by that. We're talking heavy downpours, slow moving showers, bringing the risk of some flash flooding. So your Mother's Day forecast holding on to a 60% chance of storms. Temperatures will be in those upper 70s tomorrow. Looking at your flash flood threat, that is a two out of four risk across our southern hill country, Austin Metro 
and eastern counties tomorrow. I'm still thinking our eastern counties probably has a slightly higher risk of flooding just because you guys kind of went into this event already saturated. We had some room in our soils out west, but eastern counties, it's not going to take much to run into some flooding issues with more rain on the way. And we do have more rain on the way. How much? Well, I'll go scattered storms and showers tomorrow and again on Monday. And then we're slowly starting to taper off the rain coverage there as we get into the middle to end of our next work week. But I will tell you your rainfall accumulation. This is in addition to everything we've picked up. So with already one to three inches in the ground, we'll have to watch for another one to three inches causing some potential problems with the flooding. So your seven day forecast, I've got upper 70s for your Mother's Day, 80s for Monday, and then you'll notice those 80s will actually stick around for most of the next week, but the rain chances will start at about 60% as we get into tomorrow, Monday, and then slowly starting to fade away as we get into the back half of our next work week. This is KXAN Sports, brought to you by Thomas J. Henry. While that precipitation talk may make sense to our wonderful meteorologist, the weather of this weekend sure confused those of us in sports. Events were shifted, delayed, whatever needed to be done for Texas baseball men a doubleheader a day ago, and somehow they got in the finale today. Tanner Witt was on the mound making his third start, and this by far the longest one of the three. Paint to end the third for sticks. Three strong give up. A three-run homer, that was his only blemish. Yes, a pretty big one, but not to worry for UT. Plenty of offense. Bottom first, Dylan Campbell. Oppo Taco, two-run homer. Now a 30-game hit streak for number eight. How good has he been? Bottom of the second, still down one is Texas. Until Jalen Flores is going to tie things up, going the opposite way as well. That's kind of the way the wind was blowing so far. Tanner Carlson scores were even at three. Here we go behind the plate again. Now in the third quarter, Brown, he's pulling that one to right as well. He's a lefty, though. It makes a little more sense. Drives home a couple more to make it six to three. And trust me, they were not done there. Next batter, Eric Kennedy. Another home run, his seventh in 10 games. That ties his season total as a whole from last season. Texas rolls to get the series victory over San Jose State. Because they squeezed in all three games early, they get Mother's Day off. Sure would be nice. So it's okay. We're happy to be working anyway. The end of the regular season for Texas softball, not ideal. They were swept by Baylor, but they rebounded in the conference tournament with a couple wins to start things off. What do they get after those wins? A battle with number one Oklahoma today. Freshman Silali Gutierrez from Stamford, Texas, pitching well in the circle. Just one mistake, though, here in the second. Haley Lee solo home run in inning number two. And that massive OU crowd is excited. But Viviana Martinez in the top of the fourth evens things up. We're back at one. The unanimous Big 12 freshman selection Gets the long ball there, but in the bottom of the fourth, Alyssa Brito doubles home Lee. OU would retake the lead, and they would keep on adding from there. Six to one in the seventh. Horns not able to rally. Surprise, surprise. OU takes some more hardware in the Big 12 tournament crowd. Next for the Horns, it was, as we saw, a ranked seventh. They wait their NCAA selection tournament show fate. That's at six. Last year, they thought they were going to host, or at least thought they may, ended up going all the way up to Seattle to face Washington. All right, up next where the improved offense stands for Austin FC as they get set to battle bitter rival FC Dallas. That's it. All right, welcome back. It's UIL State Track Weekend over at Mike A. Meyer Stadium at UT. Today they 
Tua managed to avoid the rain enough to get in the final day, class one in 6A. We'll start in the boys' 6A, 800 meter. This one was exciting as many of them are for second and third place. And taking home second is Evan McGregor from Bowie, just barely. Also taking home second in the boys' 6A, 100 meter is Westlake's Ashton Torns. By just a hundredth of a second, he beats out third. He got first in the 6A long jump earlier. Austin Kevin, San Kevin Sanchez from Vandegrift, second in the 6A, 3200 for boys. Back to the MLS action tonight for Austin FC at Q2. After that, New Mexico United victory on Wednesday evening in the Open Cup. Offense has been a lot better. Six goals in their last three games, but it's still a big talking point for the Verde and Black. You have to have a variety of ways to score goals. You can never score enough goals. And, um, you know, we're glad to have two. We could have had three, four. Um, and, you know, the more goals we're scoring, the more players that are contributing, the more confidence the group gets, the more believability they have in, in um, any, any setup or, you know, strategy that we may create for them. But um, I'm pleased with the guys. Kickoff at 7.30, and it sounds like they should avoid mostly rain this evening. Yeah, maybe a little bit of light rain. That's about it. But as far as the seven-day forecast goes, you can see tomorrow and Monday, a 60% chance of those storms and showers. So keep the umbrella on standby if you can just spend some time inside with mom on Sunday. Nothing better than that. Right? I know, right? <laughs> All right. Thanks for watching, everybody. Hope to see you back here at 10 o'clock. Have a great evening.